Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. How is everybody doing? It is another week here on the Inside Inside Sales Show. My name is Daryl Braille. I'm your host. And you know what? I'm kind of missing you guys. I don't know why. You know, we've been doing work from home for so long, or as we like to say, podcast from home, because that's what you do. And, um, but I just miss the interaction. I miss the energy of being side by side with my sales colleagues. How about you? Do you miss that? Do you miss that whole dynamic of being together? I mean, what do we do now? We do Zoom calls, which is just so impersonal. In fact, I'm kind of zoomed out if I'm honest with you. I tend to phone people on the phone. You know why I do that? Because when I'm on the phone, I can actually pace. And when I pace, I have a whole different set of energy and I get excited and I pace and I stop and I pace and I stop. So I actually try to not do Zoom. Uh, but that's, anyway, you, know, you get the idea. It's a phone call or a Zoom meeting. We're doing a lot of that. But then the other aspect we do a lot of is we do emails. Now, how about you? This is my routine. Tell me if, if you're cringing when you hear this because I'm going to speak to you as your potential buyer for a second. I look at my inbox and I just, every time I open it up because of my role and because of my brand awareness, uh, because of my, you know, my credentials are everywhere as far as, you know, my, my, my job. So people can find it easily, whether it be LinkedIn or Twitter or Navigator or whatever. It's basically, you know, you're trying to sell me and, and you found me and, and you reach out to me and you use email and I, and I open up my email and I just have whew, a lot of emails. And this is what I do. I go, I, I do bulk select. I go click, 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 click on, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 emails. And there's always one or two in that range. That's why I don't do a start range and range delete. I actually select them one at a time. There's always one or two or three in that range that I don't. And they're from people I don't know. And then I say, Mark is on red. Then I say, delete. And they're gone. I don't even open them. I don't. Sorry, guys. But let's, let's stop there. I said there was two or three that I, I, I don't delete. Why? Well, honestly... Because even though I don't recognize the sender, there's something in that subject line or something in the preview, the preview of the body that intrigues me. And I want to learn more. All right. When I talk to all my C-level officers, all my colleagues, all my V-level colleagues, all the managing directors and directors I know, apparently that's pretty typical. I hear that from a lot of people. And we all laugh about it, and then we all lament about it because we know while that's our behavior, we're also in charge of procuring the revenue that drives our company and uh, keeps us in business to live another day, to make a nice little take-home paycheck, to buy those baubles and those trinkets that we so value, like food and heat, roof over our heads, every couple of years, maybe a new phone, you know, the basics put the kids in little league, etc. So we lament because that means all the stuff that we're doing, our teams are doing, whether it be marketing or sales, is, is similarly getting deleted. So we 
then talk further about, well, what is it that you react to? What is it you're not deleting? And it's kind of fun to watch. And we actually have some interesting stories. So imagine, imagine that is the setup. And I know this is what you guys face every single day. I feel for you. You're doing the activities and not getting the results you wanted, right? So you're feeling the same pain I'm feeling. Because a bastard's like me just blindly deleting your outreach on email. Um, so imagine my, my, uh, how engaged I was when my own team, my own team goes into our own little vanilla soft auto close labs and starts calling data. That's right. They start calling data on email. Now I would like to think that I'm on top of my game, but the rea- and I know everything what my employees are doing, but the reality is we've gotten pretty big here and I don't know everything they're doing all the time. And I trust them to be big boys and girls. And uh, or to suck up to me. Either way, you do your job, you keep your job, you suck up to me, you keep your job. If you don't do those two things, you're in trouble. And uh, I, I loved it because my good friend, Ollie Whitfield, he's my good friend, but he's also working for us. Ollie is the product marketing manager we, we hired here uh, not too long ago, uh, last summer, 2020, late in the summer to run with the auto close acquisition that was forthcoming. It was in the final uh, closing. We announced that at the start of October, middle October, maybe. And uh, so Ollie has, he's, he's run with this. Now, Ollie's got an interesting background. Why is that? Well, because he, and I don't want to give everything away here, but Ollie's worked with, uh, for a long time, he worked with Creation Agency. Creation Agency is a good sales and marketing agency that works with the who's who of the industry. Lots of people you all know and love, you attend all their events, you, 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 you read their blogs, you receive their emails. And often, often that was done by Ollie and the rest of the crew there at Creation Agency. Um, I know my good friend, Jack Kasakowski is a big player there as well. I think he's the CEO of the Americas for Creation Agency. That's my way of saying that they actually made their living ensuring that the other people, their clients, were successful in their business development. So they had a chance to both uh, practice their craft, but also to actually experiment across multiple vendors and players. And so he did this study. I stole him. Admittedly, totally stole him. And of course, uh, it was great. The creation agency was awesome. So thank you for that. And he's been fun. But one of the things he did was he did a study of all of the emails that we send out in auto close. And my last chat, when I looked at his content, he tells me he analyzed over 680,000 cold emails sent out on the auto close sales nurturing platform, autoclose.com with a K. Check it out. And, uh, and he has some very interesting takeaways. So today we're kind of going to go back to basics and I'm going to pick all his brain on what did we learn so that guys like me can be thwarted and guys and gals like you can have big fat commission checks. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens here. Ollie, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Mr. Prowl. And uh, for the listeners, this is such a weird experience for me. I've been a listener of this podcast for the longest time. And uh, it's a little known fact that Daryl was mentioning there some of the uh, the clients that, or, or you know, the types of clients that my com- my former company have been working with. Daryl is the elusive goose himself. I prospected him relentlessly. I never cracked it. I got close, I think. Maybe he can throw me under the bus in a minute here, but we never quite got there. I I sent a lot of cold emails, and I mean a lot. Never responded to one of them. But the second I went over to him and said, I don't like the visuals you have on this thing you were doing. He bit. 
but uh, but that's where we got started anyway. Just thought I'd share a fun story there with everybody, trying to start off with something different. But you know what I like about that story, actually, Ollie, um, is that you what you basically did was you transitioned from, and correct me if I'm wrong, from basically trying to hook me on your services, if for lack of a better word, which is what we all do, our products and our services, to actually then spending time in my world, which was secondary to what you were trying to do, saying, I don't like what you're doing with your graphics there. I think you could do better. Well, that's my world. That's what, how I'm held accountable. So all of a sudden, it was very personable and relatable, and I wanted to hear your your insights. Um, also, because I, mean, I, I know you, I know Creation Agency, I have a lot of respect for them. I know the clientele you have a respect for them. So all of that worked together to say, you came to me in a topic that was near to my heart, and how many people don't do that? So lesson number one, Ali was slow getting there, but he did get there and he did get the reaction. And ultimately that led to him uh, being poached by me. So, hey, there you go. Uh, Ali, talk to me about what you guys did. What did we do? Wow. We spent a lot of time in Excel. And <laughs> by a lot, I mean waking up at 1 a.m. thinking, I need to just get through the rest of this. It's not going to go away if I don't <laughs> spend time doing it. So, so a little bit of that. But the cool part was it's a lot of different sources a lot of different statistics and if you put it all together you do get some cool trends a couple of surprises i will definitely add and the best bit is you can go write a bunch of cold emails and i do some prospecting myself i'm not a quite a caring rep so i don't necessarily have to but it's a, a hobby a bit of a uh, an exercise to build my strength in that and if i can apply some of the stuff that the stats i've found here indicate to me and there's correlation and not necessarily causation that's what hopefully i can turn the tables on daryl here to get a little bit of insight into but i've started to see my own performance uptick a little bit and if i can do that with not a huge amount of um a prospecting experience behind me then um full-time quota carrying reps who are crushing it you're going to see a lot of impact you recently recently did, I think it was a webinar or a podcast with the folks at Demand Drive, and they asked you, if I recall, five questions. But what's interesting, you you shared a stat. We'll kick it off with this, which is an indicative of email. So if you're guilty of what I'm about to share with you, you should hang your head in shame. I love it. You said the biggest email in the whole data pool, so remember, 680,000 emails, was 6,580 <laughs> words. Which I love this. Only you would do this. You you made that relevant to me. That's eight percent of the length of the second Harry Potter book. So you're, somebody sent an email. Somebody actually sent an email that was eight percent of the length of the second Harry Potter book. So what were the stats in that email? All I got to ask you, how'd that go down? I, I just wish that I could get some audience predictions on this, but. Of course, we record ahead of time. <laughs> that would be good fun. But, you know, it got opened. That's the cool thing. So it, it almost, I would never say it doesn't matter what you write, because it does. But the subject line comes way before that, of course. And, um, and that's where some of the more interesting stats come from, too. But, yes, it got opened. Um, it, it didn't get a reply that time. Not that many emails actually do get the reply unless it's uh, out of office or, you know, something to that nature. But... I found one with a 52 words subject line and to you know <laughs> say what we may already know that one didn't get open 52 words subject line a five and oh. a two yeah 
<laughs> if you think about it, an iPhone has maybe four, five, maybe six words before it truncates. And that's where most people view their view their emails. So that's what what it, what's the maths on that? That's like eight times the length of a subject line on a phone. What can you be saying in that? That's 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 thir- my math says that's thirteen times that four words. You know, first fifty two words. Wow. And that's why I didn't become a mathematician. <laughs> that's that's it's very true. But you're a very talented marketer and and product marketer, especially um, with a incredible insights on how the sales game works. So let's start with that. Uh, okay, what do we need to know to optimize? What do we learn? You you hit it. You start talking about subject line. What do we learn about subject line? What what advice do we have? What mistakes are you seeing made on the subject line? What do we need to do? If we're looking at improving our emails to get open, what's the word? 680,000 emails. What do we learn? They're a little bit longer in subject line than we would think. And I did a little LinkedIn poll uh, just to see what people would guess. The most common length of a subject line is by words. Most people in, you know, in the response to that poll, they said between five to 10 words is, be, is roughly what most people are sending in their subject line. Thankfully, it's not that. It's very close, though. The most common length of a subject line is four words, and that's what I found. And very, 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 very closely behind is six words. A little bit behind that is three. And it's sort of my thoughts as I go through the whole of this um, document of research that I've got, the more I make my email sound like a text without, you know, LOL, what you up to, smiley face, emoji, that type of thing, the more I make it sound SMS-friendly or... um. If you're WhatsApping your boss, that type of quick terminology, but with that appropriate tone, that seems to be working better for me as I've applied trying a four-word subject line, which, yeah, it's very, very close to a three-word subject line. But a six and a seven, I got a way worse open rate, and it didn't seem to matter so much what I said because I couldn't tell you with any real numbers that what I found with my replies to a seven-word subject line was any better than you know, an eight word subject line. I didn't get enough replies because I wasn't getting the open rate. So the shorter that I could go, the better. It's a short way of saying it. And that doesn't mean one word, obviously. What I've tried to do is I've tried to say, skip the just, definitely, very, you, anything like that in a subject line. I'm going straight for the hiring AE or hiring, hiring Daryl Prale or Firing Daryl Prayer or firing Ollie Whitfield, hiring Ollie, something like that. Really, really, really clickbaity to the point. Why the hell would he write that? That's what I've been going for in that three, four word radius. That's what I've been trying to do. So, what was really sad was I think you came up with a stat that said 12% of the cold email subject lines have between 11 and 20 words. So, 12% kids, are you 12%? If you are, there's therapy. Brevity is an art. Um, so three, four, five words is where you want to hang out. And, uh, and you want to be a little provocative. Like, like, like your, your example, you talk about if you were sending me something, it might be like, you know, your autoclose case study. That was the example you used. You know, well, what about it? You know, I got to open this and find out more because it's, it's about me, which is how you got me to react the first time. It was about me. All right. Um, let's move it along. Uh, what other wonderful tidbit? For example, I think you guys talked about uh, – Days of the week. So uh, 
you know, and it's funny. I never really thought about days of the week. I know it comes up all the time, but when I, I don't think about which days I get more emails or less emails. So, and, is, and does that influence me? I mean, for example, I know my Mondays are shit. They're just full of that kick off the week meetings, get your shit together. Um, so I'm curious. What do we learn about days of the week? What, what, are, what, what, what is best? What are the mistakes we're making? It, does it even matter? It does. Um, I would add the first thing I thought of when I looked at the days of the week, it's obviously the seven days of the week. Most people don't touch the weekend. Weekend wasn't bad. Yes, it was. Uh, it performed less, as you'd expect. Not as many people would um, even open, never mind reply to a prospecting email. But it's do not write it off. That's That was the first thing that I found. The first thing I thought, wow, didn't expect that at all. Second thing is the open rate of an email, the click rate of an email, meaning any attachment or any link that you put inside of an email, and then the reply. There's not really a runaway leader. So there's never you know, a case for don't ever touch Thursdays, but email loads on Friday. It's not like that at all. Weirdly, Monday is the best day by the stats that I found. So what I wanted to try and do here is you said Monday suck for you. I think it's not about what it's, it's it's not about when you're sending it. It's more about, oh crap, it's Monday. What am I doing? And that's my Sunday night. I think, oh gosh, what am I doing tomorrow? And then on Tuesday night, I think it, it's Tuesday already. What am I doing tomorrow? And then when I come back from lunch, I do the same thing. It's what's my afternoon? Because I just can't remember and I forget. And that's the way my stupid brain works. So that's that's a weird way of saying it's not necessarily don't send emails on Friday or do. It's more about there was a CRO, want to get attention of, want to get his attention, want to get the attention of his team. Probably Monday he's going to be quite busy, but he will probably have a lot of emails to go through from the team and other people. So it's worth pitching in there. So what kinds of things go on in your routine that mean you might have space to have a little look at the inbox or when you might be expecting certain things to come through on a recurring basis, is there a slot that you regularly have? And, and you know, I'm aware a lot of people are going to go and say, Dale's free at 3.30 on a Wednesday. But is there any kind of slot there that you have that happens regularly? Uh, for me, it's not necessarily a day because my days vary. I don't think I'm uncommon. You know, most, I, have, I had this common conversation in the day with a group of executives in the sales space, and they're talking about the average is 35 meetings a week. So for me, uh, I do a boatload of my emails and I believe it or not, my social media posting after five o'clock at night, because that's when I'm finally done meeting everybody else and being that advisor. So Mondays doesn't surprise me that the open rate's high. Why? Because the first thing I do in the Monday morning is come in because it's been the weekend. I've tried to somewhat stay off email and have quality time with the family and preserve my marriage. Um, and the first thing I do is I open them and I delete them. So, and here's the one thing I will say. I've heard more SDRs, for example, over and over again say, dude, I've got an 87% open rate. Well, let me show you what to do. Okay. Two things with that. When you guys do that, uh, number one, dude is not going to impress me. Although I do use it myself all the time. That's that's different. Uh, an 87% open rate is bullshit. If so, you're getting 87%, then something's not right with your, with your tracking. Um, and finally, open rates don't matter. Jack, marketers don't care about open rates. They're an interesting stat. What we care about are click-through rates. 
and even more so reply rates. But if at least if you're clicking through, I know you're at least consuming my content and that's an intense signal. I can proactively follow up. If you reply, well, then my gosh, it's already marketing qualified. You know, I'm following up on you right away. So open rates are interesting. So I'm not shocked Monday was the highest open rate, but I find interesting. I'm looking at your stats here. Your cold email click rate, the highest was Wednesday, followed very quickly by Tuesday and Monday. Uh, then the cold email reply rate was Monday. doesn't shock me. I'm, get, I'm just getting in. I'm dealing. I'm just getting rid of the weekend. Uh, Thursday, and then follow up Thursday, and then Tuesday. So uh, what's interesting here, if I look at the commonalities, Tuesdays and Mondays are applicable to both open and click and reply. That part is provocative. So it depends on what you're trying to achieve. Uh, any final lessons learned on this one that you can give us on what, what to do, how to apply this? Yeah, well, it really depends on the industry you're working in, doesn't it? That's just the the one thing that a piece of data like this can't necessarily divide unless you want, you know, 5 million different industries to be cut by emails. But the way that I've tried to do it is, personally, in my own experimentation, if I'm sending emails between 9am and 5pm, and I can see that the best time of the day is potentially the afternoon, that's okay. I can change my campaigns to do that. I don't have to be writing my emails at that time. I can pre-do it maybe that time the day before and schedule ahead or I can do it in the morning. What I've tried to do is rearrange my calendar so that it's working best for me with that in mind. It's not, I'm going to do my calls at 9am for two or three hours and then I write my emails and then I have my demos during the time that I'm, uh, I'm sending the best, uh, the most emails at the best time of day. I'm just trying to find the best way to block off my own calendar so that it works for that. So maybe the answer is if the best email open rate and reply rate is the afternoon, I don't necessarily want to be doing anything that takes me away from it. Because if I get, let's say, a load of replies saying, yeah, I'd love to chat. I don't really want to leave that to the next morning. And I don't want to be in a demo <laughs> dipping out of that demo to reply because, you know, you've already lost my attention. I've given you a crappy demo and um, I'm moving you nowhere down my pipeline. So it's things like that. It's just how to readjust the, the pipeline Readjust your pipeline, readjust your calendar and how you think about when you're doing stuff and then what you can do with it, adjusting based on that. I really like what you're getting at. To me, it's about being intentional. So, you know, clearly we're just sharing the stats here. You've got using the autoclose data um, and the, you, you nailed it. You know, it could be everybody who's listening, different product, different service, different markets. Some are SMB, some are enterprise. Uh, some are high tech, some are, you know, insurance or manufacturing or financing, and they're all very, very different. So, you know, this is an interesting guide. And I should mention that this data composition is truly spread over a ton of industries. It's not high tech bias. I want to make sure you understand that. Um, but the best decision on your part is to start doing your own A-B testing. You can say for this week, I'm going to do all my sends at this time. Uh, and see what happens. I'm going to say sends on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and I'm going to see which day of the week works and which time. I'm going to do all at 9 a.m., then 10 a.m., 11 a.m. In the course of two or three months, you can figure out what works 
That's the biggest thing. The other point, I love what you're saying there is about being intentional. I don't necessarily want to send emails to, to key people that might reply if I'm going to be booked on a, you know, a bunch of demos at a certain time. So managing that is really in, in, ingenious. The, the last thing is a lot of the stuff you can schedule, as you mentioned, yeah, I can write it in advance and I can send it later on, or you can schedule it to go at a certain time using your sales engagement platform or your sales nurturing platform if that's what you're, uh, if you're, so, if you're equipped with something like that. So those are really cool. All right. Um, now, you, now, Ali, you did mention, you know, the best time to get a hold of Daryl is Thursdays at 3.30. So we've covered off getting a hold of Daryl. We've covered off making the subject line provocative. We've covered off making it about me. We've covered off, you know, the, the right day of the week might be. But you said 3.30. So I, I got to follow up on that. Is there a best time we should be looking at? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There is. And we're done, folks. Have a great day. That's the end of the show right there. Sorry for <laughs> dropping the bomb there. I just I couldn't not do it. So yeah, this is really, really weird. I mean, uh as you saw in um in the days of the week for engagement, it's it's never just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's kind of all over the place in a weird way. But Friday, Tuesday, Monday, uh the order's weird. But for open rate, click rate, and reply rate, it's the same order. 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., in that order for each of those metrics. I will say the difference is not that big between any of them on each of the metrics. We're talking about 1% different in average open rate. Average click rate is 1.5% difference, 2 or 3% on the reply rate. So really, you know, there's not a huge difference between sending something at 2 and sending something at 4 the probably the bigger differentiator is who you're sending it to and, uh, and what industry, what seniority they have. But, you know, as a loose guide, this is telling me that sending at the same time as every newsletter in the world and every rep who wants to send their morning emails because that's what they were doing in the morning, it's working worse by engagement. That might still be the case for what a lot of people are doing, but for the engagement, it seems like later in the day, maybe post-launch is where it's at. That's what it tells me. And it is interesting. I, that's, that was my takeaway. Post-lunch, you've got the two, three, four, but you don't have the eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, which is really kind of interesting. I, I almost wouldn't have expected that. But I, I can definitely see, you know, the afternoon because right away, most people are in meetings in, in the mornings, especially the senior folks. And then they, they tend to have cancellations. They can then have more openings in the afternoons. Not much, but some. So that doesn't shock me, but you're right. The 2 p.m., you are competing with all the newsletters and all the webinars and everything else. So some of this, again, I would say, folks, test it. Be intentional and test it. All right. So overall, we've just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg. I know you've got a lot more findings here. You've got some stats coming out soon. They'll appear in the AutoClose website. Uh, is there any piece of advice, whether it be from their study here at AutoClose, your own uh, experience as the AutoClose product marketing manager, dealing with all the clients, or your time at Creation Agency that you have for today's sales reps when it comes to being successful using email? What? Any final thoughts? I did something really stupid a couple of weeks ago. That doesn't narrow it down. You do that almost every day, but carry on. Uh, no, not most. Every couple times a day, maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll have to send you an attachment, and we'll have to put it into the show notes because if you want to embarrass me publicly, this is the way. I researched a prospect who was the owner of a marketing agency in, I believe it's Florida, and uh, you know, right type of 
size in terms of headcount for order close. Just an experiment to prospect into a market I know. I can, you know, leverage my own experience there. So it's not just completely guesswork as it would be for something else. So I tried and I, I did a very, very, very one-to-one campaign to a gentleman called David. And he, um, we had a meeting together, all went well. But what I did was really stupid. I tried every different time of day, every different uh, type of email. So it wasn't a plain text email followed by plain text, followed by plain text, or a cold call followed by a cold call followed by a cold call. It was a reference of a case study on their website and uh, you know, likening that to um, some of the stuff that we can help them do. Secondary was referencing the fact that they were hiring and which roles. So I said uh, before the subject line length could be hiring AE or whatever it was. I think it was specifically hiring AE and intern. Third was a case study, one word, because the company that the case study was is company name with one word. Lastly, this was just, I laughed my bike rack off when I got the reply to this. <laughs> he was uh, He's a former singer and he's been on an album with Elvis Costello. And I thought, oh my gosh, where did that come from? Just talk about striking lucky with your research. I put his name into Google and found that. Couldn't believe it. So just... Being stupid and the fact that it was 9 p.m. and I was trying to have some fun with writing some emails, I photoshopped myself onto a Elvis Costello album cover, quoted one of the songs that this uh, this gentleman had written. That was my subject line. And uh, I sent it to him and sort of played along with the fact I've clearly noted that you're involved with music and this album. Everything was about, let's make some greatest hits together and all kinds of really terrible, very cringeworthy phrases. It worked. And I won't say it works all the time, especially with potentially some buyers in, in very technical markets or very high-end decision makers. But I had way more fun writing that email than any email ever before in my life. And it just so happened to get the meeting. That can't be a coincidence. It really can't. Some of the ones I have sent, I tried legal professionals and I know nothing about legal. Tried it. I sucked. I tried to make it about Netflix and series i've watched it just wasn't fun it felt forced but this was fun because i meant it to be it's amazing when you stop trying to be contrived formulaic and just let your personality shine through how often people pick up on that i love that you did that that's cool uh personally i i would have sent him a singing version of that song well you haven't heard me sing that i know well yeah i'm the same way but just think about a TikTok of you singing his song, but maybe some new lyrics about how awesome you are. But that's what Gorilla is all about. And not too many people are just falling on the templates. You, you had some fun. You researched it, you personalized it, and you tried everything else, which, which I love it. You were persevering there. That's fantastic. All right, that's it. That's the teaser of the email. Now, with that all said, always one of those lads who knows everybody. I mentioned this already and is on the game, on the vibe, in the know with all that's going on in this industry. Candidly, you need to follow him. What's the best way to follow you? LinkedIn, Twitter? I know you're active on both. What's the scoop? Well, I have a weird name. So fortunately, you put my name into LinkedIn. There's not that many people that come up. So uh, for ease of everybody, let's go for that. Sounds good. Um, and on Twitter, just as an aside, I, did just, I just did a search on Ollie Whitfield. You were literally the first one. That could be because we're, we're following you, but who knows? I need to get the guy who's got my name handle. He's, he's got the name flat. I have to have an underscore. I, I want the handle. I don't know how to get it. 
years ago, I could have bought Prail.com and I, I paused and went back a couple months later and damn it, it was gone, taken by a distant relative in the UK, no less. So I've been bitter to this day. So instead, I just have DarylBrail.com. But, you know. You can Braille. blame us for that. So much easier. I, I'm, I blame you guys for everything. Um, okay, that's it. That's the show this week, folks. We had a little fun. You got a chance to meet Ollie. Ollie's on my team. He's a rock star. He is the AutoClose product marketing manager. Uh, if you have a desire to talk more about AutoClose or data or email best practices or how to Photoshop yourself on an album record just so you can get in front of somebody at 9 o'clock at night, he's your man. In the meantime, I'm Daryl Prown, and that wraps up another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Show. I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prail. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week.